Any opinions yeah. on the on whether you know the running of the meeting, whether it should be re able to be recorded, or any solutions yeah. to that? Yeah. You talked a little bit about um, the last meeting about them being concerned about attendance, and twenty people is not a lot of people, right? So if I'm 25 or I'm 26, I don't have access to the conversation. I can't even listen to it. So on one hand, and I know you have to be respectful. They're having this meeting and I appreciate you being a go-between. And I know it's difficult to try to balance that. But on one hand, they're saying we want people to come and be a part of the messaging. But on the other hand, they're saying we're gonna limit the messaging because if those two, only those 20 people in the room are going to be a part of that dialogue. So I don't see how that uh, achieves the end that the chief uh, alluded to at our last meeting. Well, you know, um, that's why I was pushing to have it uh, on Facebook as well. John, can I ask you a question? Yep. Uh, what makes you so confident that there's going to be a large turnout? Well, look at tonight's turnout. <laughs> well, that's a good question. Uh, I promised the chief that there would be overflow. And I'm yes. doing my best to promote this uh, as much as I can. And I would urge you all to do the same, um, you know, to have a, a group of you together who are friends uh, make sure to show up together uh, and you know I, I don't I don't know how else to predict how many people would be there that's another reason I had my survey because I asked people if they if they uh, intend to come to the meeting um, I can't have a registration form because it's an open meeting, anybody can attend. But I just wanted to get an idea of uh, how many people might be attending. Unfortunately, I have a limited reach. Uh, you know, I don't know how to get the word out more better than by word of mouth with everybody here and your friends. And, you know, I'm sure we are, a lot of you are uh, leaders in the community and can rally up uh, three or four people, each one of you, to come to the meeting. John, I'm sorry I had to step away because my toddler was circling around and, and things. Um, but, so sorry if I missed this, but would there be any way to prioritize or have another meeting where BIPOC folks were guaranteed a seat? We're, we're what, folks? We're black, indigenous, and people of color. But, you know, because I would be concerned that you would have white people sitting at the table saying, well, I've never been pulled over before. I don't know what's wrong with New... Nothing's wrong with Newtown. I speed all the time. No one's ever pulled me over. Um, and those aren't the voices that the police need to hear. And I think those people are also looking for outlets right now um, because they're used to having them and they feel entitled to them. Um, so I would say, I don't know if it's appropriate for this meeting because it's public, but if not, then I think the meeting that should happen would be people of color who live maybe
work full time or whatever in Newtown get some face to face time with the police to talk about the issues that pertain to them. I think those are the real issues we're trying to get at. Well, let me uh, say that this is just one meeting and the police chief has said he's always willing to go out and meet the community. So if uh, residents themselves can take it upon themselves to organize a separate meeting, uh, for example, a church group. I know that the borough had organized the meeting in a local church for its police chief, but that was specifically for church leaders. Again, there was a limitation on the size because of COVID-19. So wherever you go, there might be space limitations, but if you have more of these, even if it's not an official Newtown Township Town Hall, um, the police chief said he'd be willing to go out and meet people. So take him up on that. Just wondering, Amir, would the Human Relations Commission be able to organize something like that? Because I agree with Nicole and Samantha that people would want to, you know, it's limited to 20 people and no one else would get to be a part of this discussion and even if just listening, you know? Well, let me, uh, I would say that let's see how the meeting goes and then organize appropriately. I mean, um, I'm sh I just hope there'd be so many people online outside that, well, yeah, we might be turning people away who should be attending the meeting, but if we have inside information that, you know, I, the word is first come, first serve. So, you know, get your lounge chairs and, you know, make believe this is a sale. <laughs> bring, bring your take, bring your dinner with you <laughs> and sit outside, you know, hopefully it won't rain. But yeah, I, I think that, I mean, if, if it sounds like if there were, you know, additional interest, if we find that, you know, there's more conversations to be had or, or for some reason we don't have the right people in the room or people aren't able to attend. Um, I think that it's, uh, so one of the other things and part of the reason I wanted to talk to the Newtown Borough Human Relations Commission is, is because um, Karen and I actually had a good conversation last week with uh, someone from the Winchester, Massachusetts community where they've set up the Network for Social Justice, which, I mean, they, they have this, this great nonprofit, nonprofit initiative to really turn around their town. I mean, demographic, demographically, Winchester, it sounds like, is a fairly similar uh, town, town to Newtown. Um, you know, it's, it's primarily white. There is an all white diversity. They actually have a much worse history. So um, on our last meeting, I know that uh, I mean, I know that Natalie was saying that, you know, Newtown has this history of being a, a no place for hate zone. And, and we kind of have this history of Winchester is kind of the opposite where they're really notorious in within Massachusetts itself um, for kind of having this like racist history um, and now being very friendly to people of other groups. So they kind of have been putting forth this effort and they've kind of started this, this uh, nonprofit organization to really improve the community through programming, through uh, signs of solidarity. They're, they're currently like positioning their school district uh, to change their mascot, which takes some cues from perhaps. Uh, but um, one of the things that when Karen and I had spoken with her director, she told us to look into somewhere in Massachusetts, uh, which is a larger city, but they've really taken a good stand on some of this stuff. So like, they had early on declared racism to be a public health crisis, which is a really cool step. Um, 
I was just kind of uh, looking at their website and and, uh, and I found that they had also they had recently had a conversation like a town hall with their police chief that was on Zoom. So I think theirs was a little bit different in that uh, it was primarily led by the mayor of Somerville, the mayor of Cambridge, a nearby town where they've kind of done a lot of stuff. So it was it was more leadership, but they had really taken the time to really put together a good discussion. Uh, I think they'd gathered a lot of input from the community um, and they had, you know, really put out there this, this public thing for the police chiefs to attend and to kind of give his answers to things like, okay, how are the police, uh, well, so one, I, I think Somerville in general, like I said, they're a very progressive community. Um, they are really moving forward with this. Stuff. So a lot of the stuff um, that people were kind of concerned about, the police were already kind of enacting, you know, they uh, already have a good amount of diversity in within their uh their organization and they're looking to promote some of those some of that diversity some of those people of color to, to higher positions within the police force um one of the you know there were questions about people asking how the police are equipped to um what like what their training involves you know how they're equipped to deal with issues where they might deal with somebody who has a mental illness which uh in a lot of communities you see that you know uh it, it, it's difficult because unless police are very unless anybody is very specifically trained uh, to deal with issues of you know someone who's overdosed on drugs someone who's having an episode of, of mental instability things like this these, these are very hard things to handle for for anyone and, and so to um you know i think a lot of citizens in their community were kind of concerned and, and interested to hear uh how the police are, are trained to deal with these issues and how they address them uh and you know the police chief was very open to to you know explain their answers because they they had good answers and at the same time he saw that there's room for improvement so he was kind of willing to admit that yeah this is something that we're working on and that you know we we want to work with a community to to get a better handle of um so i think that there uh you know there is definitely a, a place for it. at least you know I've, that's just one successful example i've seen of kind of like a remote town hall where you know people are kind of lobbing in questions and, and there's kind of a, a a discussion going on with the police chief i mean and that might be uh, a way to kind of people are presenting their questions and then the people leaving the town hall and kind of doing their due diligence and taking the time to really prepare a good thing that might be uh, a better buffer from you know citizens bickering with one another and people just talking or people feeling uh, perhaps afraid to kind of put themselves out there if they say something that's going to be unpopular by the way i forgot to mention if you want to submit questions directly to the chief it's police town hall one word at newtownpa.gov. But I guess, unfortunately, with that, only those in the meeting would be able to hear the answers to the questions submitted, right? So that would be a problem. Well, um, you know, I guess so, except if uh, somebody were to ask the chief to, you know, write down the responses to written questions. Yeah, I mean, I, I do agree with Kara that it sounds like it, it may be a, a few steps removed. I just want to say it's very hard. Uh, I think John's put in a, in a very hard spot here to have an open meeting. We have the governor was just on that we're spiking up with with uh, you know the virus again. We we cannot record. We cannot you know do. We're very limited as far as what we could do. If you have 20 people there, I think you should be more than happy. But, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a 
again, it's an open meeting with, you know, people, uh, you know, even though they're uh, separated and stuff and wearing masks, it's not something that I think is conducive at this time to, uh, to, uh, to do. Well, yes, and other towns that may not have live, for example, supervisors' meetings, they do have a participation by Zoom for residents. Yeah, and, and based on how this is going, actually, I mean, I, I think it is worth continuing this conversation that I'm really working if, with, if Chief Kern would be open to doing something online. Um, and, you know, we, we can do any sort of arrangements to, to make sure that, uh, you know, it, it goes smoothly and, uh, and that people are, are comfortable expressing whatever they want to express. I mean, that's, that's definitely something that I think it's worth considering afterwards. Uh, let's, but yeah, let, let's see how next week's goes, um, and then. But let's make sure that we also continue the conversation.